This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. You're listening to Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, editor-at-large at Mississippi Today. New Stage Theater's 56th season. It continues with the production of the Mississippi play I Just Stopped By to See the Man. And here to give us a sneak peek, we've got well, a couple folks that know a little bit about it. we got Francine Thomas-Reynolds and Mark, Dr. Mark Henderson with us. Welcome to the show to both of you. Um, before we dive into the play too deeply, I want to talk about yourselves and New Stage a little bit. Uh, Mark, let's just start with you. Congratulations on getting the role of Jesse. Um, I know you've been... In other productions, but this is your your first uh, appearance, I guess, on the main stage debut. So tell us a little bit about your life and growing up and how you got interested in theater, and and then we'll go into the play. Well, thank you, first of all, for allowing uh, us, both of us, to be on on your program. Uh, I'm extremely excited about this opportunity. I bet. I I am a Mississippi boy who, who, uh, mistakenly jumped into theater, uh, (laughs) Um, it, 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 I'm from Canton, Mississippi, and uh, I always tell this short story that when I was in high school, uh, we had two choices of classes to take. We could take speech and theater or ROTC. And in order to take ROTC, you had to uh, dress out in uniform every Thursday, and you had to make sure your hair was cut. And I had a jerry curl at the time, <laughs> and I refused to cut it, so I hey, I'll just get in this speech and theater class. And my friends and I decided we'll go here and just have fun and make the students laugh and give the teacher, make the teacher crazy. Got in there, and the teacher was put us up and do stuff. And she said, Mark, you know, you're really good at what you're doing, da la la She would put me in oratorical competitions, take me to competitions, and, and it started. Got to Jackson State, ran across Dr. Tommy Stewart. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. The first play was a musical about a, a, a Baptist preacher, and I went to auditions. Never heard of, been in any audition, and I got in there and didn't know what to do. She said, "Well, just act like a preacher, a black preacher, southern black preacher." And I had gone to a revival in a way back in Pickens, Mississippi, that week before. I just got up and did what I saw him do, got the role, and it started from there. Um, yeah, and I left Jackson State and went off to got my master's at Michigan State, came back to Mississippi, got a doctorate at USM, and Fortunately, uh, a position was open in the department when I got through with my doctorate, and I took the position. was only supposed to be there for a year, and now it has turned into 27 years. Do you love that? I mean, I love that story. That is incredible. It just shows you that sometimes the, the that your whole career can be based on one just basic interest. Uh, I remember um, interviewing General Collins, who used to be the adjutant general, and he was, like, driving a bus one day, and one of his friends came up to him and said, hey, let's go sign up to the National Guard. And now he's like a, he became a general that led people and it, i just love stories like that like i said when you were in canton were i mean were you ever exposed to that but it was just it just came down to the the day where they said well you're either going to get your hair cut or you're going to become a an actor yes because my 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 uh my scope was very limited and i don't have a, a problem or any shame in sharing <laughs> this i didn't have educated people in my family i was the first to go to college my yeah. mom dropped out of fourth or fifth grade but she was always supportive of it and and that's why I am the kind of teacher I am, because teachers made a yeah. difference in my life. I trusted them. 
I trusted them, and with, if they said do it, I didn't question it. I did it. Uh, and and what's, so, what's so great about the run of this play, the teacher who actually started me in this, I invited her to the play. She is still, she's retired, but she's here in Jackson. And for her to come be full circle for me, because if it was not for her, I would not have even been exposed to, to anything related to theater or speech. Isn't that a blessing that you got to tell her thank you like that, though? Yes. Yeah, it, it really is. Now you have um, paying. You're paying that blessing forward. I mean, you you were in in the for three decades. You have been working with students and helping them love theater as much as you love it. And um, you're known as the star maker. I love that. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. How rewarding is that to help students, you know, find their potential? And tell us a little bit about some of your students that you're particularly proud of. Well, it's, it's, it's no greater feeling. You know, I, I used to act in college, but when I became a teacher, for some reason, I just put that to the side. It was more important for me to see them because just like me, they were coming from limited backgrounds and they, their exposure was very limited. And I knew the value of theater that it had in my life. Uh, and I think that, that, that wanting to make a difference came when that in the 90s, there were like these mama plays, mama don't shoot my daddy, mama wears... <laughs> Yeah, I, I went to one of those plays, and I was bothered by the play because it was like the play said, if you, it, it, the message to me was, if you're on drugs, you go to church, sing a gospel song, you're off drugs. Yeah. And I knew, I knew it was not that simple. I knew the theater was more powerful and had a better purpose than to mislead and deceive like that. So yeah. I purposed myself then that if I get to work in theater, it would have to be able to show students that the, the everlasting effect of how it can change your life. Right. Not just, and, and so so I approached it from that and to have students when they come in, of course they all come in with this the dream in their eyes. They want to go to New York. They're going to L.A. They're going to be famous. They're going to be star. And the first thing I say to them, they come in, I say, your chances of being famous are very You probably won't be famous. And yeah. somebody said, why do you why do you tell students that? I said, because I want them to understand the reality. And now that you know that, you know what you're up against when you go into this industry. So I'm so proud of some of the students we've had, uh, and we've shared those students with New Stage. It's like a springboard. They come to us. New Stage is so openly uh, gracious to say, hey, bring them over. Let us work with them. One of our students in particular, Rob Demery, uh, that started with us, who came to Jackson State, wanted to be a basketball player, but ran across us, changed his major to theater, and he was just on Broadway in a soldier's play. Oh, wow. Uh, oh, wow. I, I was watching the 4400s the other night. He was in there. He's doing a lot of great things. Uh, we have uh, Tramel Tillman, who, who did a Broadway production, uh, and actually have a show coming out on Apple TV. One of my students, and not, just not in, in theater uh, on stage, one of my students, Jared Henderson, is a celebrity hairstylist in Los Angeles. He's doing great things. So I, the list goes on and on. Sharance Higgins and Dan White, who I was just listening to yes. uh, <laughs> on you all commercial. Yes, yep. he's the I voice. Yep. He's the that's voice Dan's of, voice. yes, that's Dan White. He's a comedian, an actor. Look, everything. And, and you know what, Mark, you, you say so many great things. Your, uh, what you do every day. People come to me and tell me how much they love you, and you know your students love you. They come back. They leave Mississippi, and they come back to see Dr. Mark Henderson. They eat dinner with you. They they want to be around you. You make a lasting impression on everybody you meet. I just wanted to tell you that, too. You were very inspiring for me as well. We've been friends for years, and you knew me when I was young, and I just love 
your light. You have a light about you, and it, it, it permeates through everything. But, I mean, Doctor, I mean, Mark, I'll be honest with you. I mean, somebody who's in a creative field, myself, that had, like, no jobs whatsoever going into it, just totally crazy to go try to become a cartoonist and everything. It was somebody put that spark inside of me that literally on the dark day kept me going. And that's what you're doing with those students. And and, and I love it. You touched on New Stage. And, of course, Francine, uh, you know, you um, – are I like to say the one of the big major hearts of New Stage. You've just done such a great job, but it's such a blessing to have the resource of having New Stage here in Mississippi. I always tell people it's one of the jewels in our, our creative crown in the state. And um, you know, it, Mark, I, I just got to touch on one more thing before we jump into to Francine real quick. It said your life motto is God doesn't always choose the the qualified, but He always qualifies the choo- the chosen. Tell us a little bit about that, and how does that guide your life? Well, uh, when I came to Jackson State, one of the one of the barriers that I ran into, and, and it wasn't my fault because what happened is I made such a great impression when I was uh, a student uh, that my chair knew my abilities. So I came in with a degree, basically, in speech communication and a minor in theater, and many of the theater faculty at that time did not embrace me because they felt like I was not trained in theater and I shouldn't have had the job. And of course I wasn't going to turn the job down. And, and I agreed with them. I said, I really, I really respect training. I think it's necessary and I encourage training, but sometimes, you know, God gives you a vision and gives you instinct mm-hmm. about things. And, and so I got there and I was very successful. I started my, my drama troupe, mad drama, and I was being successful in motivating students, and I never tried to usurp any of the trained theater teachers' uh, uh, content or classes. I said, I have a purpose here, too, you know, so allow me to, to walk in my purpose. And I was being told, well, he's not qualified, or that's not theater what they're doing. He's not teaching them the right way. And I would say, not my, my job was to be their teacher. You all are their teacher. My job is to be the drama club coordinator and give them an opportunity to grow. And, and, and that, that's why that, that quote came. He, God didn't choose me because I was qualified, but he qualified me because I was chosen. That's awesome. That is, I'm standing up giving you a standing ovation on that one, uh, no doubt. Francine, I, obviously it is going to be very hard to direct a play that has somebody that's so shy um, as, <laughs> as the lead. I, I don't know how you're going to do it. Oh, it, it, I just am having such fun just listening to Mark just now. Um, but yes, we have we have benefited from Mark's teaching and his mentoring for many years. We have had several um, JSU grads uh, become apprentices at our theater and spend a season with us, and then of course have cast many others in shows at New State Theater. I just think of Jasmine Lavera. I think of Asia Benford, Dustin Benford. All of these people who have participated in uh, things at New State Theater. Prince Dern, who's now teaching there. So I'm. Um, it's so fun and exciting to finally have Mark on our main stage. He's participated in readings. He's participated in our unframed shows. But now, it is not for lack of trying. I've tried in the past to have Mark in shows at New Stage Theater on the main stage in our season. But um, he's really busy. Yeah. <laughs> he's really busy. And I can't believe I talked him into this one because this is a such a great role it is huge this is um three a three character play and so the three people in the show have a lot to do and a, a lot to dive into and uh mark jesse is just great and and you know he's he's 
taught and everything, and, and he's been at JSU the number of years that he said, but I sure hope people come out and see him in this play. All those students that um, got their start from Mark and have gone on to do great things in uh, various um, areas, I hope they come and see Mark. I hope they, I'm wondering, do they know what a good Mar- actor Mark is? I mean, I knew Mark was good, but I'm just, like, amazed. And I was like, I didn't know he was that good, because, like I said, it's been readings and things like that. But to work with him, I'm like, wow. He hasn't been acting. Why isn't he acting more? (laughs) Well, I mean, my question on this, too, and I I just kind of wondered, because I have not seen the play, and I look forward to it, because it's, I mean, and and we'll dive into it in the next segment, but um, is there any singing and actual guitar playing involved with this, Mark? or? Okay, yeah, okay, you, you're my hero now. So if you can pull all that off, because he, he gets to play. I mean, he gets to sing. Yeah. So you get to hear him sing, which is also another revelation for me. I mean, I knew he could sing, but I didn't know he could sing. So yeah. you get to hear that. So. That's awesome, Francie. You've been at New Stage now since 2006, which blows my mind because it seems like just yesterday you came here. But you've been you there, and of course, and, and for folks that don't know, um, your husband Chuck is a big hero to a couple of my boys. Um, is is a wonderful band director and uh, yeah. does a great job with that. So y'all know a little bit about the whole uh, artistic, uh, professional, musical world, to say the least. But you've been, I mean, you've been artistic director, like I said, since 2006. You've done this for 35 years. You know, you're you're all kinds of national boards. I was just curious. How do you, I mean, Mark's busy, but how do you find time to do anything too? I mean, I'm I'm exhausted just reading your resume. Yeah, we we keep as Mark will say. I agree with that. We keep very busy in this world because you know you put all your heart into a project, right? And so yeah. we kind of exist project to project. And for me, I'm so grateful to be able to get back to directing something. Because, of course, during the pandemic, we did virtual theater, and I directed that. But, of course, all right. of the work around trying to come up with protocols and do everything you need to do during this time um, has had my focus. Um, and when we have the other shows at the theater, I'm producing those. So, I mean, it's just really fun to get back into the rehearsal hall and, and dive into figuring out a play and, and getting it up on its feet. So. Yeah, and this is really, I mean, this is a truly Mississippi play. And I love the, we'll, we'll touch on when we come back from the break, I love the whole premise of the play. In fact, if I were ever going to write, I've, I've actually thought about writing a short story based kind of on the story on this. So I can't wait to find out a little bit more about the plot and everything on this. Not so that I can steal it, I promise. Um, but we're going to take a quick break. We'll, we'll talk about it in just a second. And when we return, we'll continue speaking with artistic director Francine Thomas-Reynolds and Dr. Mark Henderson about New Stage Theater's production of the Mississippi play. And it's really Mississippi play. I just stopped by to see the man. If you want to be part of the conversation, you can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Stay tuned. There's more on the way. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Deep South Dining is the show all about the culture of Southern flavor. From fried chicken and collard greens to shrimp and grits and a glass of sweet tea. Subscribe now to the podcast using any podcast app or download our MPB public media app. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey, Mississippi Today. If you're just tuning in, we're getting a sneak peek of New Stage Theater's production of the Mississippi play. I just stopped by to see the man with our guest, New Stage Artistic Director Francine Thomas Reynolds, who is directing it, and Dr. Mark Henderson. He's the chair of the Department of Speech and Communication at Theater Jackson State, and he is starring in it. So we've been talking about a little bit. Um, Francine, I guess, uh, and Mark, this is probably the point where we need to talk about the actual play itself. I love the, the synopsis of this on the plot. It got me hooked. Just makes me want to come see it. Um, now that I've gotten to hear Mark and his passion, that makes me want to come see it even more a little bit. But let's talk about the play a little bit. Who, who wrote the play? Where did it come from? Um, and then a little bit about the plot. Um, sure. It's a play by uh, a man named Stephen Jeffries. I just stopped by to see the man by Stephen Jeff- Jeffries. And it's set in Mississippi. And it's about a Mississippi blues player, a Delta blues player, who has supposedly died. And he disappeared. Um, and he has been dead for 14 years. It's set in 1975. And a young British rocker breaks into his house and finds... Jesse, that's the role that Mark plays, daughter there. And then eventually he discovers that the Jesse is still alive. And Carl is the name of the British rocker, a la Mick Jagger, Eric Clapton. And he feels like he needs Jesse to come back from the dead and join him on his gig that ends in New Orleans. So it's all about why Jesse has been quote-unquote dead what is his daughter doing there his, his daughter who hadn't been around for several years and she's a, a political activist and what is she hiding so there's a lot lots of secrets in the play and these secrets are revealed and why jesse won't play his beloved angela the guitar and why jesse won't sing so it touches on these myths surrounding the blues um, and you, there's a good crossroads story that's part of the show. And, and we hear about just what it's like to be a blues player. We hear the mention of other Mississippi blues players and what that brings to people's lives. And it's really a story about the power of the blues and how the blues gets you to the truth. Yeah. And there is some music in the play. And it's, you know, you know, focuses on how there was the British rock invasion or the blues revival. That is featured in the play. Why um, those those British rockers took up the blues? What that meant when they're when the people who created it weren't given the royalties for the music? So it touches on a whole bunch of things, and it's really um, rare to find a play about the blues and about the culture of the blues and the language of the blues. And it and it is set in Mississippi, and we've had a focus on what I call the Mississippi Play Series, which is which are plays written by Mississippians or about Mississippi. So this is not an example of someone who is from Mississippi, but who I believe celebrates the Delta blues that many believe was born in Mississippi. Um, And just one more aspect of the play that is very interesting. And this is this idea that there was a lot of pressure on these blues players from churches. There was a lot of pressure on these blues players because it was, thought that this was the devil's music and you can Mm -hmm. imagine what that had on these artists who were using the blues to express their pain to express their emotions and their feelings and they needed to to, they needed the art to express this and the church was telling them that they couldn't do it so that is really um a theme that kind of underlies 
Jesse's actions. It sounds like just an incredibly smart play. I mean, just like I like said, it touched some. And, and I was just thinking Led Zeppelin in my head when you're talking about that. Because, I mean, number one, how many Led Zeppelin songs are complete ripoffs of blues songs and they don't get any royalties for it? And then number two, how many times has Robert Plant shown up in the Delta? You know, it seems like everybody has a – I saw Robert Plant in a convenience store in Greenwood store. You know, it just seems like you always hear those stories a little bit. Mark, that had to be fun bringing that to life. It was extremely fun, you know, because what it is is like you you've heard of these musicians and you've known about them, and to be able to find a way. And Francine did a great job of, of sharing a lot of background information and uh, samples, uh, songs of all these different blues singers, and you try to figure out your character and what is your character representative of his vocal style or whatever. And you find that uh, everybody is so similar, there, but everybody is so different. And you get to really appreciate the blues and the contribution of Mississippi blues singers it has. And uh, and we hope to bring that to life. Yeah, no, it just, it's just so you hear about a lot of the older blues singers. And then when they were getting older, they had no health insurance. They had no, you know, here, like I said, they literally had created a genre that fueled rock and roll. Because these, like you said, the, the folks over in Britain were sitting there at night listening to BBC, you know, listening to the blues on that. And that's what inspired them. And yet here at the end of their life, they didn't get the, the fruits, you know, until toward the end you saw bb king get some you know obviously the rolling stones brought him out on stage and so forth but when you were when you were developing the character you mentioned you touched on different blues singers which blues singer would you say that he most represents or is he a complete gumbo of of different blues singers well uh it's it's amazing uh uh of the blues singers that we heard blind lemon jefferson who i never heard of uh, was obviously someone that he was uh, quite uh, smitten with, Blind Lemon Jefferson, Robert Johnson, uh, of course. Yeah. Uh, he talked about Muddy Waters. He talked about uh, John Hurd, Skippy James. He talked about all of these people, and they, these people, I'm sure, uh, Im- impressed him or affected the way he approached the blues. But to be able to hear these different names in the play, uh, as I was listening to some of them, um, you know, I think about B.B. King and the, and the blues singers that, I, that I've heard or were familiar with, you start seeing some similarities, but you know each of them has a different story. It's through their own experiences that these stories are told. Uh, so those are some of the influences that we, we hear about in the play. Yeah, that's one of the things I always enjoyed about the B.B. King Museum, for instance. I mean, I, t- I remember taking my, my boys up there so that they could learn why the blues came about, that it literally was a piece of grit and an oyster. That's why we ended up with the pearl. You know, if they don't understand the grit, they don't understand why we have the pearl, you know, that sort of thing. Francine, t- you talked about the political side of this play. And, and you know, I mentioned about that, that grit, the, the reason why the blues happened a little bit. I mean, and I don't think a lot of folks understand that. And I think that's what makes me so intrigued about this play is it's just going to have so much meat uh, to it, especially for, for such a small production, too, to, to be able to have yeah. be that intimate. Three people. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would think that Jesse's kind of a oh compilation, let's say, of Muddy Waters, Lead Belly. I mean, there's just, uh, you know, some of these blues artists um, – that the playwright was influenced by when he created Jesse. Not one particular one, but kind of a mix when you see, oh, Tommy Johnson, who had the Crossroads stories too, who's from Crystal Springs. Um, I didn't know 
I didn't realize that other players used that, also used that Robert Johnson Crossroads story of meeting the devil at the crossroads. So it, it's kind of a mixture of all those characters. And the British rocker Carl is kind of a Mick Jagger, Eric Clapton mix. Yeah. And then politically, I believe that Della is somewhat based on Angela Davis, who was a female. Um, I don't know if you would say member, but was involved with the Black Panthers. I think he based um, Della somewhat on her because of some of the things that he says in the play. But all of the characters are fictional. And there's a part in the play where Della's going, those English rockers are up there in Memphis playing a song that you wrote, you know, in 1930 or 40, and you got $15 for it, and they're making millions on. And Jesse says, well, dead man can't collect royalties, you know, that type of thing. Um, so there's the politics of that. There's the politics of, of again, what the blues means in people's lives. Yeah. Um, why it uh, sometimes these blues players were the the path that they took why did they take these paths in life and then the politics of what was going on in the country in 1975 it's not really discussed too much but you know that it's impacting Della's life and what Della is running away from and the play takes place in a shotgun house in the Mississippi Delta we kind of figured it was North um, north of Clarksdale because of the length it takes, length of time it takes to get from the town where they are to Memphis. We picked a town called Lula, you know, in in uh, in the Delta, a small little town, and imagine that it, the play would be set in a shotgun house at a crossroads in Lula, Mississippi. So um, that's just some of the environment that we're bringing to the stage. Well, um, Francine, who else is in the play besides Mark? Okay, we have Deshaun White um, playing the role of Della, who's making her new stage theater debut with us for I Just Stopped By to See the Man. And then we brought back Austin Honky, who played Carl Perkins in our production of Million Dollar Quartet. You know, and Austin talked a little bit about how Carl... Carl Perkins influenced his Carl role in this play. Um, and he plays the English rocker, and um, he treats us to some guitar playing, too, in the play, singing and guitar playing. So. I, I'm intrigued by the line, a story about the blues, redemption, and hope. What are, tell us? Can you tell us what the redemption and hope part is, or would that be giving away too much? No, and it, yeah, we don't want to give away the plot, and Mark can talk a little bit more about this, because you know when you direct a show, when you go into the show as a director, you know more about the characters than the actors do. Yeah. But by the the rehearsal process, the actors know more about the characters than the director does, which is great. And the director guides, you know, what the show is about. Um, the the hope and redemption has to do with these secrets I talked about and how these secrets are repressing the characters in the show and how they, by the end of the show, after doing a lot of soul searching, have gained a lot of self-knowledge. And with that self-knowledge comes some things that come out between Jesse and his daughter's relation. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Sounds like there's a lot of growth that goes on to it. It just sounds like a amazing play. Looking forward to it a little bit. Mark, real quickly, um, just tell us uh, when you have to rehearse and prepare for that and you're doing rehearsals, how long does that process usually take? Well, um, going into it, you know, in terms of professional theater, uh, there's a lot of rehearsing. Uh, and, and when we're in academic theater, it's, it's not as, as 
as extensive. It, it, it's not as long. So in my mind, I was saying, okay, is we gonna re- are we really going to take this long to do all of this? Uh, case in point, Q to Q on Saturday, we had from uh, 10 to 3, and we did Q to Q from 10 to 2.58. And it was no waste of time. Every bit of time was necessary. So the rehearsal is, is very extensive, but it's so necessary. That's not That was not a moment during the rehearsal process that I felt like it was unnecessary time. Every rehearsal, and we could probably still go today and tomorrow and the next day and rehearse and still have some some new revelations and 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 some more growth. So it's, I think that we're at we're I know that we're at the point where we need to be. We are ready, but you know we as artists we feel like it's always some more we can clean up and want to work on. So, but the rehearsal has been an extreme. It's been enjoyable, and 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 one of the great things is everybody is so supportive. I told the the two cast members from New York, I said, you all act like you're all from Mississippi. You're so hospitable. Oh, that's that's hilarious. That's true. Francine, it sounds like you can keep them around. It sounds like everybody's having a good time. Uh, yeah, let's hit the nuts and bolts on this. We want to make sure everybody knows um, how they can get tickets, how much are the tickets, and so forth. And I know you have a lot of different uh, types of performances for people who might be worried about the pandemic. Yeah, and all that's part of the work that goes into it. But Mark didn't say this. It's 18 days of rehearsal. Three okay. Weeks. Long hours. Yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's the thing people don't understand about the arts is that so much work usually goes into things that makes – you know, artists make things look easy. But at the end of the day, the per, the preparation is what makes the magic. Yeah, it's not part-time. It's full-time. So Mark's been doing two full-time jobs right now. So um, it opens – the play opens on Wednesday, February 2nd. Let me make sure I got it right. Yeah, Wednesday, February 2nd. And we have – a and it runs through – February 13th, and we do Tuesday through Saturday. Tuesday, we are not opening this Tuesday, but we'll open on Wednesday and run the show through Sunday, and then we'll, the following week we'll go Tuesday through Sunday, and it's 7.30 at night, except on Sundays it's 2 p.m., and we alternate what we call fully vaccinated audiences with non-vaccinated or just open audiences. On the fully vaccinated audience night, you need to show your um, proof of vaccine and it's just two it's not the three it's not the booster just have your um, completed vaccine twice or once if in the case of um, Johnson & Johnson and those performances are February 2nd 4th 6th 8th 10 and 12th and then the alternate um, performances you do not have to show a vaccination card um, and you can get your tickets at our New Stage Theater website, www.newstagetheater.com, or you can call our box office at 601-948-3533. And we have some special things happening, too. During the show, we have an art exhibit by H.C. Porter. She's going to be doing a presentation um, the second Thursday about the blues art that's being exhibited. We also have youth nights happening. On our Wednesday night performances, we have an actor chat after the show. So if you can find out all about that on our website. That sounds great. That really does. I'm, I'm excited. Mark, I'm excited for you. Congratulations on the starring gig on this. And um, like I said, you're, you, when it's over with, you're just not going to know what to do with all your extra time. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. Keep it out. So um, just real quick, put you on the spot. Is Francine a, a good director to work with? I mean, no pressure. I, I, no pressure. No pressure. You got thirty seconds to I, dig yourself out of this. I, I, I wouldn't use the word good. I would use the word excellent. Francine is such a person with detail. I told her she has a, a theatrical OCD. 
I mean, <laughs> you, a, a chair can be in one place and it's not in that exact place. He's like, oh, no, move it. It's, and I'm like, we moved it maybe even half an inch, but it makes sense to her. She is so specific. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you both for joining us today. Looking forward to it. And I want to thank you for listening to us today and thank our guest, New Stage Artistic Director Francine Thomas Reynolds and Dr. Mark Henderson. He's the chair of the Department of Speech and Communication and Theater at Jackson State University for being with us today to talk about the new play. Looking forward to that as well. All right. This is a production of MPB Think Radio and is produced by the incredible Michelle McAdoo. If you want to hear it again, of course, you can listen on our favorite podcast app or the MPB Public Media app. Now You're Talking is uh, going to come back next week. That'll be a lot of fun. Stay tuned for Southern Remedy, Healthy and Fit with Josie Bidwell. And join us next week at 10 a.m. for another great conversation here on MPB Think Radio. Y'all have a great week.